1: Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find offensive. Hopefully not. Well, here's the thing, right? I've already titled this episode Two Brand Brothers because it's about the brand. I'd just like to point out going in that it's not a racial slur on the word bland. I didn't think
0: you would have... I wouldn't have made that jump. But if you feel you have to justify your terrible naming conventions, then that's fine.
1: Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with T and Cleaves.
0: Each week, open up a fresh perspective on life. Hello, 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 everybody! It's Why, Chad <laughs> Michael Bolton
1: here? <laughs> no, there's no need. We should actually point out on the subject of Chad. Last week, we sort of glossed over the story of uh, two brown. Blind... <laughs> now I'm doing it. Got it in my own head of two blind brothers and the inception of the company. But it was to the point that if you want to go and listen to that story, go check out Hindsight. It's 20 slash 200. Chad does a really good job of telling
0: the story and going really deep into the inception of everything and where they have
1: built the company up to this point. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about the brand and how they built it and that sort of thing and what they do now in terms of just you know how they're marketing it out to people. That's yeah. a bit weird, Now I was trying to attack a different angle. Not everyone has to hear the same stories of how someone became blind and built an empire. Yeah,
0: it's not a Batman... It's a good story. It's
1: not a Batman movie, is but it? But we don't all have to tell it. <laughs> yeah. Let Chad do it. Go and listen to it there. Then come back, baby, for Batman and Robin. <laughs> terrible well, movie. Well, maybe not that, but you know... It's, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> the Dark Knight... Just the Dark Knight, really. Yeah, the Dark Knight. Chad says the Dark Knight rises. We're the Dark Knight. One of us is about to OD at 27. Won't be... Uh, Anyone currently sat here because we're I say, a little older, and even our guests are older as well.
0: Like, I don't know any of our acquaintances that are that age. Well, that's good. We're all much of a <laughs> much of an ageness. Okay, shall we do some quick blind news? Really quick blind news. What you got for me this week? Okay, so a young blind Scottish pianist, Ethan Locke has made it to the BBC Young Musicians final. Oh. So it's a positive one for me this week. Yeah. Thank God it's not about kids dying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he might have already won by this point when this episode goes out. So look up Ethan Locke. I've checked out his, uh, is it audition or final? I, I don't know what
1: well, he did to get to the final. Starting to become less quick. Yep. And he <laughs> was really good. Go listen to him. All right. Here's my quick button. Blind, blind news. Can't even get it out. A sculptor created a almost a microscopic version of a guide dog and it was presented in the eye of a needle Willard Wigan I believe was his name if I fuck that up then I apologise but that's my quick blind news not sure if the guy's actually blind I imagine not if he's working with microscopic tools yeah painted using an eyelash wow okay I mean it's yeah. blind related it's not about blind people I had a, a whiff of tea about it that <laughs> And that was Good Blind News for today.
0: Really positive, actually. Some, some nice stuff there. All based in art.
1: Yeah, it was, actually. Yeah, that's quite good.
0: Well, we've done the QBN. Is there anything else we need to cover before we jump into part dose of our interview with Bradford and Brianford? Not really,
1: I don't think. Have you got anything to tell me about your blinding around experiences of recent times?
0: Oh, well, I learned a bit more of the city I live in for three years. That was pretty good. I had a burger that was far too large. <laughs> is that podcast worthy? How large is a large burger? At, at what point is value for money, like, superseded by too much food?
1: Okay, let's, uh, let's get into it. As we mentioned before, it's more about the brand and how the guys have built it. To hear that you guys are
0: finding those opportunities with other... Charities with other good causes where you can put into them while still sort of maintaining what you set out to do with giving for your primary charity. Like that's such it's creative, firstly, and it's also great to hear that you know you are really into it. Which yeah, you, know, you can hear how passionate you are about what you do.
2: Well, you know, the other thing I should mention too is it's like yeah, I mean, Brian and I, we we think we're we're pretty good guys but one of the things that but one of the things that we did is we sort of handcuffed ourselves to doing the right thing too so you know if if you had a charity that was sort of named after you or was your namesake you'd have to have some balls <laughs> to like jeopardize your entire reputation you know by you know inflating your salaries a little bit i think by calling it two blind brothers and having Brian and i front and center it is extra, extra important for us to make sure that we've got the right. Um, you know, we're, we're always taking that right action. We, 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 you know, you wouldn't want to sacrifice that reputation. You know, if I'm i I'm a, if I'm at like an all-you-can-eat buffet, I may take a little bit more than I deserve to take. But uh, if if it, if it's my, if it's our company with our name after it, then um, then we're gonna make sure we're doing the right thing.
1: With regards to that, you spoke about your customer base. Would you say that your core customer base is people with a visual impairment? Because you look on the website and it seems, particularly on the clothing side, that it's quite universal. But also you mentioned that people may buy it as a sort of gift. So do you also get that sort of charity side where someone is potentially buying a gift for someone and they think that the money is going to charity? Well, I'm not saying it's not, but the money is going to charity. But then that person is also getting a gift and it's better than, I don't know, sponsoring a donkey at the local sanctuary or something like that. (laughs)
3: Hey, don't knock the donkey sponsor. Okay. I spent real good money on that, and it's the best gift I've ever given Brad. All right. He loves that donkey more than anything.
1: Are you secretly calling uh, him an ass without him saying, without I, him knowing?
3: I don't even know if it's secret at this point. Uh, no, you know, it's it, it, you, you really raise a good point. You know, it, 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 so the thing that's fascinating is 11 million people in the US suffer from some form of retinal eye disease. You know, a lot of that is macular degeneration and kind of older folks. But that is a lot of brothers, that's a lot of sisters, that's a lot of grandparents, that's a lot of aunts and uncles. So, you know, we think that we have uh, a lot of our audience is fairly connected to fairly connected to visual impairment at some level, but when we set out to make this brand, we really didn't set out to make a brand for the visually impaired. Like we didn't set to make an adaptive brand necessarily. We wanted to make a super fun, super cool brand that people could be inspired, empowered, feel great about wearing. I mean, we had a we had a little we had a customer service ticket a while back uh, talking about this kid in fifth grade who has a retinal eye disease, who's wearing one of the TBB shirts that has the braille on the hem of the color. And like kids were coming up to him in school, asking him about the braille on his shirt and what it says. And it was cool that he knew what the braille said. And it was like a point of pride for him. He got to bring up his visual impairment in a way that uh, in a way that was not a not not hurtful not scary but actually in a super positive super fun way and we joke that if we're doing our jobs uh by the end of somebody interacting with us they should be a little jealous that they don't have an eye issue because that's that's the goal that's the magic
0: yeah that makes so much sense and like it's normalizing isn't it i think that's that's one of the key things like normalizing disability in general especially like the hem i have the braille on, on the hem of the shirt that's just having that discussion, but not in a scary way, because sometimes that can be scary. And I have it with with my, my younger family members and they're like, oh, can we talk about this? Like, yeah, of course you can.
1: But it's still weird for but them to not? broach the topic. With that as well, I think you mentioned that you've gone to conferences in the early days. But how are you sort of marketing your clothing line? Is it more towards people with visual impairment or is it a bit broader than that?
2: So we do, we generally market through uh, digital and social advertising. Um, that, that, those platforms, you know, Facebook in the early days and Instagram and, and, um, and, and still a lot of Facebook and Instagram, but also TikTok now. One of the things that we've done well is we, we had some really smart people help us with setting up these campaigns and finding the right, you know, ad creative and audiences but from a sort of a, you know, targeting and demographics perspective, it's funny because if we tried to steer it to the vision impaired community, you know, it would be, it might be too, it's, it's might be too narrow. And one of the things we found is like, you know, if we can actually make something that speaks to a very broad audience, but then has a, the nuance to it is that it serves this community. Then we can actually, like you were saying, expand the conversation and like give people exposure to this community that would have never otherwise had it. And you know, and that that's been kind of a um, a tenant of what we're trying to do. I think that's
1: a pretty ideal product. I was supposed to do a podcast about the person that made Good Maps and how it was essentially created for people with a disability. Well, in for a visual impairment, and they just they map indoor spaces but the fact that it can be used for everyone makes it one of the most useful products out there so potentially you're doing that with the clothing
2: yeah you, you know and that's and that's one of the evolutions of like a brand or a small project too is like you want to find that quote unquote like product market fit in the sense that you know you find your ideal 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 customer you know they should love it and then you look like one ring outside of them their friends and family like, or, or if, if it make if it's a brand, you look at their friends, you know well they love it and and you try to that I mean that's that's how you get growth, you know and but it's also important to make sure you don't drift from the original purpose and and don't drift from the original community as well.
1: you guys both have a sort of a hand in that like even now, even with the groups that are doing the marketing or the designing, are you still basically saying, yeah, that's great, but we still need to focus on this core thing?
3: Well, well, it's funny when we first started Two Blind Brothers, because we didn't have a big brand, we didn't have a lot of branding experience, we didn't have a lot of background in it. Brad and I just decided that the brand was kind of going to be what we said it was on that day. You know, So whatever we say on this podcast is what Two Blind Brothers is right at this second, <laughs> uh, which is great and terrible because I'm a, I'm a loose cannon. Brad, I think, I don't think Brad sleeps at night. because uh, He's like, Oh man, what's well, going to come out of his mouth today. And at its core, our team still isn't huge. So everybody uh, uh, that's a part of it, it's kind of speaks in that same, same voice. And Brad and I just make sure that the core responsibility of the brand is just to be, did the same brand it was on the first day and, and same and you know stretch here stretch there move to find the audiences that care about us most but really never move far enough that we don't recognize you know who we are anymore
1: i'm going where where do you think you are now compared to where you were and, w- and what's the, what's the future hold for the dubay brothers
2: you know i think one of the big transitions that we've had is we were very very lucky that our story carried us as far as it did early on with whatever Squarespace, terrible website we set up, and you know, whatever kind of little basic marketing we did, we started to get these, you know, these news inquiries. Obviously the Ellen DeGeneres show is like a a huge moment for the brand. But I think what we've come to appreciate is this doesn't really happen like this for a lot of startup brands, especially clothing brands. And The sophistication around e-commerce now—it's—it is now a very technical science, and that's definitely a big evolution from early days of just basically putting Brian on camera and letting him, uh, you know, go let his loose cannon fly. Now there is that, but on the back end, such data-driven decisions and you know, in weekly meetings with KPIs and reviewing performance on ads and, you know, in different e-commerce tactics that are changing every single day. So there's a science that's been layered on um, that, you know, we're still, we still play catch up on, but like some of those competitors that we talked about earlier, it's like keeping a very, very close eye on what they're doing, you know, just not from like a creative standpoint per se, but, you know, what are the Kind of the technologies and tactics and upsells and repeat customer offers and things that are happening to to stay competitive.
0: Well, you've you've made a good success of it and you've evolved and rolled with the punches by the sound of things and gone from that original ethos and idea and, and I say using the data to sort of like buck the trends now and point the direction, yeah, the next steps. I suppose my my one. Well, this is my, my final question. I'm sure Kalish could talk for hours and hours. I'm very business-minded. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not a businessman. I'm I'm a talker, not not a thinker. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I like to always throw a loaded question um, at the end. And, of course, you're, you're both really successful and worked really hard for your success. But, of course, entrepreneurship, it is risky, and it takes a lot of work. And one of the things we chat about on our show is we're huge advocates about vision impaired and disabled people in, in general making the most of themselves, like as far as getting into work and, and various things like 85% of the UK disabled community do not work. And that's for various reasons. Some of them can't and, and some choose not to. So I suppose my question is as far as being an entrepreneur, do you think that that's, a viable avenue for success to a visual impaired person outside of the conventional just going and working for a company
3: you know I, I think it's a great question and the thing that always struck me is so I'll, I'll tell you a short story short stories with two BBs we've even got some stories from guests that never
1: saw it coming short stories with two Short story with Warning, story up a shot.
3: I had got an internship uh my, after my junior year in college to go work at one of the big giant investment banks in New York City, kind of one of the big cutthroat investment banking internships. In the group I was in, they brought in 12 kids. I was the worst one. I was I was 12 <laughs> out of 12. Like I was. Absolutely, the bottom of the barrel because the work was, as Brad described earlier, a lot of being in Excel, a lot of detail, a lot of being fast, being correct, not making any error errors when you're looking at you know kind of spreadsheets, which I just am not extremely talented at. So I, I found that that was not a career path that was going to ultimately be super fruitful for me. And then I went and worked at a, and then after college, I got a job at a giant technology company uh, doing data sales. And I went from the worst intern this big bank had probably ever brought in. I, I think they rue the day they had me. To I went to this you know company with hundred thousand employees. I was uh, the top one percent of salespeople in my first year there. And that and, and and the thing that happened is you know and I look at that and I say, well, I went from being the worst at a thing that was specifically against me to the best at something where my skill set aligned with what was required. I can run two blind brothers but I probably couldn't be a cashier at a grocery store because I couldn't see the barcode if something didn't ring up correctly. And and so it's it is all about finding the avenues where you can be most successful. And if entrepreneurship is that avenue, then that's incredible. That's amazing. I think it's I think it's so fun to be an entrepreneur. I think it's great. It has a ton of risks and all all the other stuff that goes with it. Or if you're more inclined to go work at a company and find the find where your skill set aligns best with the job requirements, that's also unbelievable and and can provide tremendous success and tremendous happiness.
1: That was a short story with two BBs. Like fuck it was much shorter than the usual bullshit. That tea comes out with short stories with two BBs. Story clocked in at two minutes, two seconds. To be fair, I am the latter of those two in the sense that I joined a company, but because they gave me so much freedom within the job, that's why I've stayed there for so long.
0: Yeah, and I'm the same. I I find I if I was more confident, maybe entrepreneurship would have been for me. But yeah, you fall into things. You're fucking lazy. That's why uh, you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm ambitious, but don't follow through. I think it's fair for a lot of people to say, and I'm surprised the podcast has gone this long after the inception of it because usually I thought that's out because of favor. I'm here. Yeah, that's very true.
1: <laughs> I do have one last question for you guys. You know, with this with this whole brand getting bigger, have you ever considered selling it basically to a larger brand or manufacturer just because? Not necessarily it's not necessarily selling out. Well, it is a little bit, I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> it just selling it in the sense that you think you could broaden the scope and essentially make more money for the charities that you're looking to give to.
2: You know, I'll answer first. I think you know Brian and I talk about this. So it's kind of funny. A lot we were just at, you know, a big conference with a lot of other brands that do get the same type of advertising that we do. And they're like, oh, you know, all of the other brands in our space, they are trying to sell their businesses. I mean, they, they want that payday. They want the problem is we give all of our profits away and it's got our namesake. So our ability to sell it in the traditional sense is kind of like that's never been on the table. However, just to kind of like t- tilt our hand a little bit, one of the things that we are seeing is that because of the sort of the the breadth of Two Blind Brothers is our footprint now in the community has given us one, just a lot of contact with that community, but two, a lot of insights. And one of the things that we're playing with right now is how we can be helpful to call it like biotech companies that are looking at the therapies that are in our space and what can we do as whether as people who have a as a, a voice in the community or a district or you call it a distribution list we're starting to look at ways that we can actually parlay you know the footprint of the brand into some interesting opportunities that could be really really valuable for the community in terms of moving therapies forward faster or just helping some of these biotech companies that want to understand the patient journey a little bit better. So we haven't quite flushed that out yet, but that's something that we're looking at that would have more breadth outside of what we're doing today.
1: You wouldn't ever consider, well, (laughs) not saying selling, but maybe giving away a portion of the company and taking on a consultancy role in order to broaden what you could do.
2: Yeah. You know, I think to that specific question. I'm sorry. No, no. The (laughs) way that, the way that that would look for us, I think is basically hiring more internally to a team that essentially can do 95% of what Brian and I do. And then it'll gives us the flexibility to do some more outside of that. We've already done a little bit of that. Um, but that's probably the most likely kind of version of that. I think.
1: Hard to release control, isn't it? it's like having a baby essentially,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, Brian and I actually both had babies this past year, which is kind of crazy, but uh, but yeah, so we we know that experience well.
0: <laughs> Amazing, well, we don't want to keep you any longer, lads, because like we're so grateful for your time. I suppose before we, we close off, if either of you have sort of a like if there's anything coming up, sort of as far as product lines anything for the the winter season coming up that you want to promote and of course yeah, we we want to bring as much awareness to the brand and spotlight what great stuff you're doing
2: i was going to say well the guide dog collection the three labrador puppies that that are on our uh, myguidedog.com they're about to get a bunch of new friends Um, that'll happen sometime soon. I don't know, uh, you know, if we have the hard date yet, but definitely in the next couple of weeks, that'll be a lot of fun. That launch, we have a bunch of new products we're working on. We're working on a slipper. Uh, we're working on this, um, this tote bag. That's kind of nice. We do our big shop blind holiday, like around starting like mid-October, we figure out what we're going to be surprising people with for the Christmas season. Um, the holiday season. And that's, that's usually when, you know, we have sort of our best stuff in the shop line boxes. So that that's what's coming up.
0: Keep an eye out for that because uh, Christmas is coming. And I think my, my wife will like some of the, uh, the guide dog plushes because she, yeah. she does like that sort of thing. And maybe that's being her stocking. <laughs>
3: Nothing would make her happier in the entire world. I, I don't know her, but I can promise you this.
0: <laughs> See, now that's advertising. <laughs> well, guys, it's been incredible having you on and chatting shop uh, like a little bit business talk.
2: Yeah, um, we, 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 we love, I mean, to be honest, this is like you guys said, we, we get to, we have the chance to tell our story a lot. We, I, it was actually nice to talk in some detail about some of the, you know some of the deeper things so thanks for giving us the opportunity and thanks for uh, letting us share our message
1: thank you thank you guys all right until next time we'll see you then
3: all right bye everybody bye and we're back
1: (laughs) all right brian and (laughs) bradford i think he does go by brad as well okay brad's fine then okay i added the ford on the end like the mustang
0: (laughs) Absolutely pointless. At least you went for that and not like, art, oh, though. Ford Scorpio or something like that. I don't know what that is. I, mean, I assume it's a Ford, but I don't think it is. Scorpio, you're totally mad.
1: We digress. Yes, we do. Excellent interview with the lads. It was about the brands, which I actually like talking to them about because, you know, other people have done their story and things like that, so it was good to actually... Talk about the business and the brand and how they built things. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Business.
3: Today, you become a man of business. It
0: is the American way.
3: Mm, you will love business. It is the American way. It's just the... Just... Oh, it is the British way. Good.
1: It's the British way.
0: <laughs> it's funny enough, this is going to be coming out in December, so... It's
1: already December. But no, we love having the lads on. This got me thinking. With them starting the business of the clothing brand, how are we gonna start Seesaw Empire? They begin with Henley shirts. Do we get a few Seesaw Henleys going? Would you wear one of those? Probably would. They have to be super tactile, super soft. we have personally never gone into the same shop, touch the same shirt and come out. Maybe we should be doing that. I'm not walking around shops, mate. No,
0: I'm what saying. Is this? I get my clothes online and if they don't fit, sell them right back. So do I, but maybe what if we ordered a shirt online and then we put it on the hanger, pretended the ha- Seashore Towers was a shop, walk in and feel it and go, oh, that's quite nice.
1: And then go about our day. This sounds like a lot of work. Buying a shirt? Yeah, and then the whole hanger thing. What this is this? It's just like a whole bit for no reason. <laughs> what else are we going to do? What, here's my other question. Other products in the seesaw range what do you think the people want how do we go about getting them coffee mugs travel mugs do you know what seesaw if it was a seesaw coffee mug i'd take that to work actually and i'd use that all the time yeah like one of those travel mug things like the the top things like the one you got downstairs yeah we'll probably have to get them made on like zazzle or something like
0: that oh i i, I know a guy
1: oh, you're right what <laughs> one, a one-off that's the problem well, they can give me competitive
0: rates, so we'd have to get like 20 of them.
1: Okay, we could do that.
0: And then if people buy them, then we can get another 20.
1: Is the ones with the rubber tops on, right?
0: Uh, these ones are plastic, but you can get rubber ones. Oh,
1: Plastec.
0: You can get rubber ones. They have multiple cups.
1: All, uh, is the actual cup plastic as well, or is it made of porcelain? Uh, they're made of plastic, but again The they, whole thing's plastic They do
0: porcelain ones, they do metal ones We
1: can find one that we like This actually sounds like something I would use as well And advertise the podcast on Because you know me, I'm not a big advertiser No What about what else? What about hats? Is hats your thing? You're a, you're a hat nerd at the end of the day <laughs> Just wondered if you wanted a seesaw hat And if so, what kind of hat? A
3: funny hat
2: Now,
1: fireman f- or bucket <laughs> i believe they are the two types of hats
0: now let me say that i think a lot of places do hats and they always get those really cheap shitty baseball caps and i don't want to do that i'm quite uh partial to an old man flat cap like a kangalee style flat cap
1: okay 90s yo-yo go on yeah
0: maybe with um a bit of embroidery seesaw on the side
1: on the side. Are we, are we going with Seesaw as the brand as well? That's, a, that was my other question. Yes. Are we sticking with that?
0: Seesaw as the brand.
1: Okay.
0: I mean, the logo, just take the podcast just, off. Just
1: the it? little eye bit. Yeah. Or just have to have a Seesaw. Can we just have double S? Like the SS? <laughs> Maybe not the SS. Uh,
0: do you really want to have a hat with SS written on it? <laughs> Depends what kind of hat. I mean, if it's... <laughs> <laughs> Let's look down that road, shall we? Okay. okay. Anyway. <laughs> um. No, we could have the eye, the seesaw eye.
1: Yeah, and the two little lines. But if you were listening to your favorite, let's say that you're listening to your favorite podcast, which I'm going to assume is something like Hat Node Weekly. Hat Node. Weekly. Weekly. They talk about new types of hats that they've got in lids or something. It's uh, probably a bad example because obviously the thing that you're going to want from that podcast is a hat. Yeah. All okay. right, fine. Let's say you let's say you really bum off a murder podcast. Right. Let's call it Murderall the <laughs> podcast. Okay. Great reference. I know it. Right, thanks. What piece of equipment would you want from the from the podcast? What merchandise?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you just get your coffee mugs. They all do coffee mugs.
1: Right. But we've
0: done coffee um, mugs badges, now. like pin badges, because people love putting them on their bags. Really? Yeah. Do you think people do? Plus, they're small. You get one box of 50, and then even if it takes two years to shift, you know what I mean? No, it not matter.
1: They might take two years as well.
0: Yeah. Um A seesaw pillow with both our faces embroidered on it. A pillow? Sleep with and Cleaves. One side is your face, the other side is my face. Oh, i can go, oh, I want the Cleves face
1: tonight. That sounds awful. It'll be for someone. Um... On the off chance that you are an actual fan of the show, and I can't imagine there's many, please let us know if there's any merchandise that you would like, and we will set them up and, you know, I don't know, messages. Maybe we'll give you a free coffee cup. All right, before we go.
0: Dice Heads Christmas Special. It is a double feature, two episodes of Christmassy goodness.
1: Until next week, folks.
0: Yes, next week. Who knows what will happen. thanks for listening to the seesaw podcast you can find us on twitter at seesaw pod facebook reddit instagram and youtube at seesaw podcast you can also email us at seesaw at gmail.com like rate review subscribe and then you can also find us on tiktok but get us on all the other places podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience
1: so this actually marks two years of seesaw podcast we actually recorded this episode a while back but due to sequencing this is how it's turned up me and T would like to thank everyone that has worked with seesaw podcast on behalf of myself and T. i don't normally speak for other people but we'd just like to thank firstly our co-host selena secondly all of the guests that we've had on the podcast and lastly but certainly not leastly in fact, possibly mostly, all of the people that are listening. Thank you so much. Thank you for sticking with us. And if you actually got to this last part after the credits, then you know you're a good listener. So thank you. Please continue to listen. We will continue to do our best. And please keep putting up with our shit. We do appreciate it.